Hello. Hello. to Three Stooges Throwback, the comprehensive, encyclopedic compendium of all things Three Stooges. From woman haters to sappy bullfighters, from Curly to Shemp, and even to Joe. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and I'm looking at all 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the Three Stooges comedy team. Hello and welcome back once again to the Three Stooges Throwback podcast. I am still your host, Gabriel Russo, and we are still going over the 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the comedy team, The Three Stooges. This is episode 47, covering the short Nutty But Nice. First things first, I use Wikipedia, IMDB, and threestooges.net mostly. I've incorporated takemeback.to for historical bits. Uh, Sometimes I use obscureactress.wordpress.com from time to time to find all the information for these episodes. Uh, I'm watching them on These Three Stooges, all one word, account on YouTube. I have read almost every book on the Stooges. I use my own brain to formulate opinions on the shorts while regurgitating the opinions of others, but I am not as I have said many times, an expert on the Three Stooges. I am just a knowledgeable fan. I make many mistakes. I leave things out, but it'll be okay. I'll probably repeat myself a hundred times before it's over. A hundred and ninety times, at least. With that said, let's get on with the show. Nutty But Nice has a runtime of just under 18 minutes. It was shot over five days from April 27th, to May 2nd of 1940. It was released on June 14th, 1940, which is just over a month between shooting and release on this one. So let's see what else was going on June 14th, 1940. There was romance, comedy, and chills as Bob Hope and Paulette Goddard starred in The Ghost Breakers and contend with earthly and unearthly foes. Edward G. Robinson and Humphrey Bogart starred in Brother Orchid, the story of a gangster who finds what he is looking for in a monastery. What? What was he looking for, one wonders. Meh. Meh, see? I'm looking for something here, you monks. So other shorts released around this time include, they were kind of difficult to find, There was a comedy called Corralling the School Marm, starring Ray Whitley and Virginia Vale. That was out right around the same time. And Taming of the Snood, starring Buster Keaton, would come out two weeks later on June 28th. So just, you know, a little bit of context. Like I said, it was difficult to find what shorts were out at the time. Uh, Lots of feature films information as far as that, but... Seemed like I'd have to look up the, uh, you know, by individual studio. And yeah, I'm not doing that. So anyway, in television news at the time, W2XBS in New York. That's an NBC station. I mean, 1940. It's got to be the only station going. They cover the Republican National Convention from Philadelphia for 33 hours during a five-day period. So that's the first time that that had happened. The signal is transmitted via coaxial cable. 
So there you go. They were using coax back then. That's what our, you know, our cable. In February, the station broadcast the first NHL and NBA games on television. So 1940, February 1940. Uh, Both of those were from Madison Square Garden. Joe Lewis is the champ for a decade here, so we won't check that again. Ray Steele, whoever that is, is the NWA champion in wrestling. Anyhow, this short Nutty But Nice was produced by Jules White. It was directed by Jules White. Story and screenplay by Clyde Brookman and Felix Adler. Figure we've covered those folks plenty, so we'll come back around to them after a few There are no special credits in this one. It stars Curly, Larry, and Moe, obviously. Ethelreda Leopold as the hostess. She's been profiled previously, but she was in 13 Stooge pictures and various other solo efforts. Her last credit was on Married with Children. I remember talking about her. She worked a long time. We've got Linton Brent as Spike. We remember him as the salacious writer after his career. Uh, At least that's how I remember him. Although that is, uh, you know, it's kind of reductive. He was a World War I veteran as well as an accomplished artist and an architect. Wow, he did a lot. 240 movies over a 20-year career. We've got Vernon Dent as Dr. Walters. What more can be said about Vernon Dent? Well... This is from threestooges.net. Vernon was the son of William Evans Dent, a saloon keeper, and Fanny Mossman. He had one younger brother, Melville Evans Dent. His first wife was Minnie. Her maiden name was unknown, and they married before 1920. He married Eunice Muncie in August of 1938. And so... Since we've covered a lot of other like showbiz facts on him, we'll just we'll go with that a little bit. We've got John Tyrell as Dr. Lyman. Tyrell and Mac were the dance team that I've covered before. Search them out. He was in 28 Stooge shorts, all with Curly. Ned Glass appears here as Mr. Williams. He debuted on Broadway in 1931, and MGM picks him up in 1937. He was in 80 films with over 100 television appearances. He always played the small, little nervous guy uh, and was in eight Stooge shorts. Kit Gard is the short kidnapper here. Boss. He's in the white hat. And he was in two Shemp solos, four Joe Besser solos, and four Stooges. He was a World War I vet and had over 100 silent era short credits. Johnny Cashier Cashier, is the beer carrier. His primary role was Moe's stunt double. It's kind of interesting. But he was also the Emir of Schmo in Malice in the Palace, as well as the remake Rumpus in the Harem. We will cover both of those when we get to them. Cy Shindell appears once again here as Butch, He's been covered numerous times, 37 stooge shorts. He was a boxer and had 19 professional middleweight fights, but then went into acting. Harry Wilson here is the ugly kidnapper. He was a British actor. He was in over 300 films, and he proudly proclaimed himself the ugliest man in Hollywood. He was in The Wizard of Oz as the guard who winks at Dorothy 
And he also played one of the hitmen in Some Like It Hot. We've got Burt Young as Detective Sergeant Cassidy. He had 34 Stooge shorts and a couple of Shemp solo shorts, too. There's that S, all those S's again. Shemp solo shorts. Evelyn Young is the nurse. She was in five movies with the Stooges. She started in a Stooge short in 1939, Three Sappy People. That was her first appearance. Then she went on in 1940, the following year, to be featured in nine feature films in one year. In September of that year, of 1940, the New York Times reported that she had been fired from Columbia. So she starts with Three Sappy People in 1939 in a bit part, uncredited. She goes on to be in nine feature films in one year, and by September of that year, she's fired. That's crazy. So Columbia um, continued to, re to release her films until the end of the year, but she never acted again. So what's that? September 10, no, 9, the ninth month. So nine months, she films nine, that's crazy. Sounds like something happened there that she was fired for, but I couldn't find anything at all about why or what was going on. But something happened, and then she never worked again. It's crazy. So, Lou Davis is a pedestrian with 34 stooge credits and numerous shemp shorts. Betty Williams rounds out the cast as Little Betty, but I couldn't find anything at all about Little Betty. So, there were a couple of people that were Betty so-and-so that were actresses from back then. There were the stories when they were older people, but... Nothing mentioned which one was in this short, and so I didn't want to go into both of them. So anyway, like I said, that will round out the players in this little picture. And we open on a sign that says, Ye Colonial Inn presents those hilarious hash slingers, America's gift to indigestion. And we pan over to Ethel Rita Leopold as the hostess, and she seats Vernon Dent and John Tyrell. She blows her bugle. And in come the Stooges with a version of the uh, fife and drummer from the Revolutionary War. They, that's what they, you know. Larry and Curly are drumming and Moe is playing a flute. And they are singing about the soup of the day to the tune of Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> the doctors order and uh, the boys have the implements right there. Like the drum, he flips the drum over and takes out a container of soup and a bowl and all and silverware. Oh, Moe opens his shirt and... Uh, his jacket rather and he's got you know silverware and implements and whatnot and then larry has glasses of ice water in his pockets with uh lids on him he peels the lids off and sets them down pretty funny curly starts dishing out the soup and he's uh he says it's a prodigious achievement you'll love it it's putrid <laughs> now vernon dent suggests that these silly fellows should call on little betty their antics might snap her out of her lethargy the, doctor, the, uh, the other doctor concurs, and they get the boys to help this little girl whose father has disappeared with $300,000 in bonds. Curly says it's good, that's good work if you can get it. Uh, but the cops figure he has been kidnapped, and uh, the kid is in quite a state. So we cut to the nurse, Evelyn Young, little Betty. And she's like, you know, trying to, oh, little Betty. She's not doing anything but kind of touching her on the head. The boys here are dressed as little girls. They come wandering in, and uh, they want lollipops from Mo. 
They are the ugliest little girls ever. They just look ridiculous. Uh, Curly starts crying and whining for a lolly. And Larry wants a pop. And Mo says, oh, you want a pop, huh? And then he pops them both. He gives them suckers. And, I mean, they just go to town on them. Larry, I mean, they're just licking them like crazy. So the boys do some, like, kitty rhymes and some word plays with Petunia and Chrysanthemum and Chrysanthemum and Petunia, Petunia, you know, popping the peas. Everyone's cracking up in the room. Everyone's laughing hard, except for little Betty. All she can do is whisper, Daddy, and look away. So they all file out into the hallway where the doctor says, It's no use. Unless we find her father, she'll never get well. Ha! So they're going to give up. The boys say, Well, no, we'll find him. And uh, Curly says, yeah, you told us that the father and the girl used to yodel to each other like this. And he yodels. He says, if the father yodels back, then we'll find him. If we hear the, the response yodel, then we'll find him. So they say, oh, that's a great idea, is it? The description is that he's a 40-year-old man with a bald spot on his head and an anchor tattoo on his shoulder. He's 5'10 in his stocking feet. In his stocking feet, huh? So they all shake hands with each other saying goodbye to each other in this big tangled mess of handshaking everyone's shaking each other's hands pretty good so we cut to the boys in suits they're walking down the street they are uh just running up to people they're measuring everyone looking for bald spots etc they're just accosting everyone they pass they snatch this guy's hat and rip his sleeve down and he's not him and curly sneers at him like yeah you're not him so they, they stop and look up at the sky, and uh, a couple of people stop to look up as well, like, what's going on? Larry gives them the hot foot, puts some matches in their shoe, and lights some matches, to, for, so then they'll take their shoes off. <laughs> then they're jumping around in their stocking feet, you know, and, and they try and measure them. So 5'10 in stocking feet, he says, but this guy, with this, he runs away, and, and uh, Larry says, it can't be him because he has no stockings. <laughs> They bump into this guy, uh, it's Cy Shindell, and they check him for a bald spot, etc. Um, he's like, you guys are crazy, and he runs away. And they think it's suspicious that he ran away, and so they chase him. They crash into a guy carrying, uh, he's got two long poles, he's the beer guy, Johnny Cashier. He, uh, they crash into him, he's carrying two long poles with like five or six jugs of beer hanging from them. They just used to, you know, hang them on these long sticks they'd fill up the beer and you'd take six pails full of beer or whatever to your work site or to your parents or whatever um the, i love that the way they delivered the beer i heard a story about abbott and costello that involved bud abbott uh delivering beer like that as a kid some about where he was something about where it was on the larry miller podcast i think i mentioned it before and bud abbott is a sent to he's sent to the bar by his parents to go get these pails of beer. And as he's there, he's like 12 years old or something. As he's there, he gets shanghaied and put on a ship. And now he's kidnapped, Bud Abbott of Abbott and Costello. He's kidnapped and taken away on this ship. And two years later or something like that, he, he they, when the ship returns to port, he, he gets off the ship, he's allowed to leave. And he goes back to, you know, back home to his mom, who everyone thought he was dead, obviously. But isn't that crazy? So, anyway, they go inside, um, 
they go inside to buy the guy more beer. They're like, oh, man, we're really sorry. We knocked your oh, That's terrible. And so they walk out. As they walk out, uh, they think they see the guy again. Hey, that's him right there. And they crash into him, and they knock everything over again. He just, you know, oh, shakes his fist at him. And, uh, so the Stooges catch up to the guy they're chasing, but they have the wrong guy, it turns out. they uh, it's a, He's a detective, and they grab him, and they drag him off. They don't know he's a detective. They drag him off to strip him down and check his shoulder and his head. They're just mugging people on the street. So they take him into this, like, up the stairs away from pe- prying eyes, and they strip him down. And then they realize he's a cop, and they run away knocking into the beer guy again the third time, and he just starts stomping on the beer pails, crushing them. It's funny. He's so he's so mad. So the cop comes chasing him, and uh, he sees him crush the, the beer cans, and he thinks he's drunk, so he arrests him and drags him off. <laughs> so the boys come out of hiding, and they start yodeling to uh, to find the girl's father. Curly starts yodeling. Every time he yodels, water drops on him from above, which is just a weird little gag i guess people didn't like the yodeling so they were throwing stuff down on him i'm not sure. so the third time a potted plant drops on his head you can see him he he yodels and then he tenses up visibly like because something's going to hit him on the top of the head you know and you can see him he tenses up before it falls on him so we cut to the kidnappers and open up spike it's butch and so he's talking, when the boss gives the word, we'll get rid of the victim here and scram to South America with the 300 grand. Huh. So he sits there. So the one kidnapper leaves and Cy Shindell sits down to guard the, this kidnapped guy. He turns on the radio, which is playing a yodeling song. And the boys hear it out on the street. <laughs> um, Curly responds, you know, yodeling and a chair falls on his head. And then he refuses to yodel again, because there might be a loose piano up there. (laughs) So they track the sound of the yodeling on the radio to this house, and they crash through the door. Curly yodels, and uh, Cy Cy comes up to the door holding a gun. He's curious what's going on. He opens the door, and uh, Moe and Larry bite his legs. And they're, they're down on their knees. They bite his legs. He throws the gun up in the air, and it comes down, hits him on the head, knocks him out. And they see this guy who's tied to the bed, and they they walk up to him, and they say, Are you Betty's father? (laughs) Like, what? So they they can't get him, you know, he's handcuffed to the bed frame. So they decide they'll have to take the bed frame apart. Meanwhile, Cy wakes up. But they don't notice, and they accidentally smash him with the the bed frame and knock him out again. They drop a pipe on Moe's foot. And he jumps, he starts jumping up and down, holding his foot, you know, and Larry and Curly do their bit where they start clapping, hey, ho, hey, 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 you know, and they start dancing and clapping. Pretty good. They start to run out of the, uh, of the house and the gang, the rest of the gang is coming back. So they run back in the room and they barricade the door and they, they, with a mattress. And, uh, well, Curly walks up and he's got a book. And he sets. He just leans the book up against the door. It's a tiny little book. Meanwhile, they come running up, Larry and Moe, and uh, with a mattress to put against the door. And Moe's trapped. I mean, and Curly gets trapped against the door. Moe says, "Someone's in the mattress. Kill him." Larry gets a chair and just smashes him like WWF style, wrestling style, and smashes him. The gang is trying to break the door down now. They, they decide, the boys say, oh, the account, they send the accountant down the dumbwaiter 
he'll send it back up. So the gangster punches through the door and sticks his head through, his head, you know, through looking through, and the boys wrap a chair around his head, and he's kind of trapped there. He's like, hey, get this off of me. You know, it's on the back of his neck. And Curly just starts slapping him over and over again. It's pretty good. That's a funny little scene. So Curly goes down in the dumbwaiter, and uh, Mo pokes a guy over and over. He's just poking him in the eyes over and over. And he's pulling out his hair and then putting it on Larry's head. <laughs> Meanwhile, Curly can't figure out how to send uh, the dumbwaiter back up. And uh, he's pulling and pulling and pulling on the rope that would send it back up. Meanwhile, he's standing on it, and it's locked. It breaks the bottom out, and he ends up sending it up with no floor. Mo and Larry... They go to, they see the, they see it come back up, and they go and jump, and they drop immediately just down the shaft. Ah! Mo tries to attack Curly at the bottom and knocks the light out. So now it's all dark. Can't see anything. We just hear Curly screaming about drowning, and we hear water splashing. The lights come on. Curly's standing in a bucket of water. <laughs> goes dark again. Then suddenly the lights come on. Curly goes over to the light bulb and says, I'm not going to walk around in the dark any longer. I'll take this with me. And he unscrews the light bulb and stays lit in his hand. And uh, he holds it you know, above his head to look. And then he breaks it. Uh, he lights a match. And he's at the top of a ladder suddenly. He's like, I found some stairs. And he's at the top of a ladder. The match goes out again. We hear crash, crash, boom. We hear Curly says, I'm stabbed. I'm impaled. Larry lights a match. And uh, Curly looks like he's actually been impaled on this spear. It's wrapped, but it's it's wrapped around him, though. He keeps saying, I'm murdered. I'm killed. What will the world do without me? I'm slaughtered, annihilated. What will I do without myself? That's good. Um, the gangsters come bursting downstairs and a fight ensues. The lights go out again. That impaled on the spear bit. That's funny, I always thought that was a uh, Steve Martin. He used to put the arrow through his head and it just wrapped around in it. At, uh, you know, at Halloween time, they have those where you, you put them on your head and it's an arrow going through your head. I thought that was a Steve Martin thing, but obviously not. This was long before that, and uh, it's that it's just wrapped around him. It looks like it goes into his back, but then it wraps around his body and then it comes out the front. It's funny. So anyway, the gangsters come downstairs and there's a big fight. As the lights go out again. Now Curly lights a match. And we see that everyone is knocked out. Curly's holding a club. He lights a candle. Um, he goes to throw the wa some water on Mo and Larry. But uh, he misses. And the kidnappers wake up. He takes a pan and knocks them out. As Larry and Mo come to. Curly smashes Mo. Mo grabs everyone and they run off. We cut to the boys dressed as cowboys. Singing Home on the Range. They get to the part where it's, they sing about apple pie, and Curly says, I prefer custard. And they mash custard pies in his face. And then everyone sings, And now everything is all Jake. It's all Jake. So, the end. Weird. It's all Jake. I just meant that it's all good. So this is one case where the Stooges are in drag for a good cause as opposed to like a cowardly reason or trying to get out of something. They're in they're using drag to make the little girl laugh. When the boys are hiding from the detective, you can see Kick's cereal boxes in the background. They're upside down, but they're there. I didn't realize that Kick's cereal was that old. 
it's I knew it was kid tested and mother approved, but I didn't know that it was that it was that old. Um, another little factoid: the yodeling song used in this short is an original composition by Jules White, the producer and director. It's kind of interesting. There's not too much behind the scenes info on this one, but you get what you get, and you don't complain a bit. This one, this uh, Nutty But Nice here gets an 8.29 on threestooges.net. And, you know, I'm roughly in the ballpark with all of these, it seems like. I'll give it an 8. It's pretty good. Nothing really stands out. There's there's some good some good bits. I think the black and then the the light coming back on and, and all that goes on a little bit too much. But, you know, that's probably just because I've seen it in other things and, and it looks maybe trite or, or something. I don't know, but it goes in my opinion, it goes a little too long. Um, there is some good stuff. I think the, the knocking the beer guy down all those times was very funny. I thought so anyhow, that's going to do it for this episode. The next short is called how high is up. Please click subscribe. So you don't miss out. If you would rate and review the show, Drop me a line if you have any comments or suggestions or book offers or bags of money that you just can't keep lying around anymore. Whatever you need. Thanks for listening. I have once again been your chief knucklehead, Gabriel Russo, broadcasting from Stooge Studio at the back of the house, i.e. the bathroom. See you next time. Bye.